Welcome to Cruel Summer Book Club, a podcast about change, how we get through it, and what we learn on the other side. I'm your host, Jillian Anthony, author of the Cruel Summer Book Club newsletter, which is where I write about change in my own life. And this week, we're just going to go ahead and get right into um, introducing my guest. So my guest this week is a writer, editor, and strength trainer who wrote the long-running column, Ask a Swole Woman, which now lives in her newsletter, She's a Beast, which is an amazing name for a newsletter. I followed her online for years and really enjoy her realistic advice aimed at women who want to get stronger and learn how to be more comfortable in the gym. Recently, I've been following the 12-week program she created for beginner lifters in her book, Lift Off, Couch to Barbell. Please welcome to the podcast, Casey Johnston. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I am psyched to talk to someone about like just a real, I haven't talked to really anyone about any fitness related topics on the podcast. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm like, and you just know so much. (laughs) So I'm really excited (laughs) to pick your brain. I actually don't. It's interesting. Like for all that I write and sort of discuss if you, if you could put it that way, lifting and working out and stuff online, I really don't talk to people a lot about it. Like in real life, like no one I really know personally shares this interest. <laughs> and it's, um, so it's, it's like a different speed for me to be like talking to a real person about it. It's usually on podcasts like this. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so you don't have a bunch of gym friends or like your, your gym circle or, uh, well, I just moved. So that has impacted it a bit. And then before moving you know, I was working out at home for all of the pandemic, basically. Um, But before that, I was part of a gym that was uh, pretty focused on the sport of powerlifting, where you are trying to sort of do like max attempts of squat, bench, deadlift. Um, And we in in the gym specifically, I guess, yeah, we would talk about, you know, our our programming or like different techniques and there was a coach and like all, all that good stuff. So like, yes, in that specific environment, yes, I would talk about working out stuff. Yeah. Well, we were just chatting a little bit about how you just moved to LA, which is really exciting. I will talk a lot more about, you know, everything you write about, um, and your book and lots of other things in a bit. I usually do the intro by myself and I talk about like what I've been reading and stuff. But, um, when I was writing the outline for this episode, uh, Casey put a cool note in about something I've been reading lately. So I thought we would discuss it together. So, uh, I recently finished the book Jurassic Park by Michael Crichton for the very first time. Um, I watched the new movie. I went to see the new movie, uh, in theaters this summer by myself, I loved it. Um, I can't get enough of like no, no, no thinking movies right now. Like no thinking, just vibes, just dinosaur attacks, um, just, you know, Ian Malcolm looking hot as ever. Um, so yeah, it was, it was like a fun read for me and, uh, yeah, what I, you had mentioned in the doc that you love this book. So tell me about your love for Jurassic Park. Yeah. I mean, I like, I've always been like a sci-fi kind of person, I think, but that's like pretty soft, like uh, I hesitate to say pulpy, but it's not, it's not like hard science fiction. It's like science fiction adjacent almost. But, um, 
I don't know. I think I, I read that book at a point in my life when I was having a really hard time reading, um, which I think is something a lot of people can relate to over the last few years. Um, and I forget if it was specifically like related to, you know, Trump and all of that stuff. But I picked it up because I was like, you know what, this is a popular book. I think it's supposed to be like relatively like, you know, smooth going. And I, as someone who had been a fan of the movie, you know, since I was a small child, um, you know, you always wonder what the experience is going to be like, but I loved it. And just like the way that it moves and some of the story details, I don't remember, I don't remember like tons of the details, but um, it's just a really great story, like really solid character archetypes, like nothing too challenging. Um and it also came about at an interesting moment, too, if I recall, where there was just about to be this, like, watershed of all of this information about dinosaurs. So it has a lot of, like, anachronistic details about the dinosaurs that are sort of funny to see in there. Like, um, I think I remember it describing a T-Rex as, like, um, very lizard-like, having, like, a flicking tongue in these kinds of things. And then, like, I think literally a year later paleontologists were like actually that's not dinosaurs like aren't related to lizards really they're they're birds basically um and now we've had all of this outpouring of information where it's like dinosaurs had feathers and all of this stuff that we're like oh my like our minds are being blown <laughs> day by day in the last few years um so it kind of kicked off this moment of dinosaurs but like ended up on its back foot about a lot of the science of it and i always found that sort of funny and interesting to see it's almost like an artifact now mm -hmm. um but what did you think as you're you seem like probably more of a, a book person generally <laughs> than i am yeah i liked it a lot um it's funny that you're like you're talking about this so i just looked it up on wikipedia um just quickly and they described it as a biopunk science science fiction mm -hmm. book Okay. Um, I don't know what that means. That sounds really cool, though. I was like, okay, biopunk, whatever genre mm -hmm. that is. Um, but yeah, I I do read a lot of books, but like um, not that much fiction and not that much like not that much science fiction. Um, but it was it. I think like Jurassic Park is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I can watch it anytime. I think having that like pop culture background of loving the movie so much and everything you uh, learn in the movie that, you know, dinosaurs are like birds and you, you know, you learn like, uh, like the scene where, um, is it the Triceratops, Stegosaurus, one of those there that it's sick and it's laying on the ground and it's got these tongue pustules and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, she goes over and like, like that is in the book. That scene is like pretty much word for word in the book. Um, and there's all these other really cool scenes that are too, but then there's scenes that like, it's cool to, it's, I thought about it from like such a cinematic point of view. Um, there's this entire scene in the book where the kids and Dr. Grant are in a raft going down this river for a long time. And the T-Rex is in pursuit of them. And it's really, really cool. And I can't believe they left that out of the movie actually <laughs> in the scene. Um, so the T it reminded me of hippos <laughs> because so they're on the lake and the T-Rex goes into the water and is like, swimming with absolutely no problem and it, it honestly it's it's so scary to think about like you can really picture it um and i was thinking about how when you see videos of hippos um like going to attack boats and stuff they are not swimming they are running 
which is so scary. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It was it was a great read. It came out in 1990. Pick it up. <laughs> give it a give it a read. Well, uh, what about what have you been obsessed with recently? Um, I have an answer. If you want me to go first, or you can go first. Um. I guess I could go first. I mean, I think we mentioned I was, I just moved to LA um, and we ended up, uh, this was from New York. So cross country move ended up leaving like a lot of our stuff behind, not like personal effects, but like couch, bed, bed frame, that kind of thing. Um, And I've been digging really deep into a like sort of shopping online but like i've i don't think i've bought anything really like full price from a retailer yet it's been a lot of like facebook marketplace and craigslist and like i think i've actually gotten anything from offer up but i'm learning about all this stuff from these like youtube interior design like kind of i hesitate to call them education because that sounds boring but like they're interior designers who make YouTube videos about like how to shop for things like what's in style now, what they like and don't like right now. And like, um, how to get certain things for cheap. Um, but it's been like, I've, I think maybe as a way to distract myself have just like binged so many of these channels and and videos and just like I think it's a way to feel productive about like what I'm like it's a way to feel like I'm like moving forward and putting the house together without actually doing anything yeah I think I am learning stuff but it's like and it's like it's not my forte at all Mm -hmm. I'm learning a lot and mm-hmm. it's fun to watch and fun to learn. But mm-hmm. I'm also like, I need to like apply this information. At some point. <laughs> yeah, um, that's, it's like so much work to do. I mean, I'm just thinking of when I moved from New York, I, I didn't bring any furniture really. I had like 12 boxes. So I had to start completely over here in Austin. Um, and I, it was a true obsession for three full months. Um, and I did also mostly secondhand shopping. I'd say 80% of my home, including all my furniture is secondhand. Um, tons of Facebook marketplace. There's this amazing site here in Austin called forallhers.com. Um, that's like for women only, um, really quality stuff, but like it really, uh, really gets very far into your brain and the hunt is really fun. Like I, I still, the thing is that like my addiction has kind of lasted and I still am like on Facebook marketplace every day, just being like, well, maybe I'll find something fun, you know, because I've gotten these incredible mirrors and, um, cactus salt and pepper shakers and this lamp I'm looking at right now that has like this incredible pink shade. And, you know, it's like, I guess it's just, it really, uh, it really becomes like a real habit to be on the hunt for that stuff after a while. Oh, well, good luck with all of that. That's, I can, that's definitely an obsession that will be with you for a while. Yes. (laughs) Um, My obsession this week is the podcast Foul Tip, um, which is a podcast about sports from a couple of my favorite Vine stars, uh, which is literally, was that like a decade ago now? I mean, how many years? It's Zach Piona and Waleed Mohammed. Were you a Vine fan at all? Like, do you remember all those old videos? I will say I was a casual one. I wasn't like on the app itself a lot of the time, but like I think a lot of the videos came through like YouTube and then, um, you know, Twitter and stuff. And I did see it and I like enjoyed it a lot. I don't think I ever like managed to get my both feet 
into Vine itself. But yeah, um, yeah that God, that was almost 10 years ago, wasn't it? I, I think so because, yeah, I mean, I remember being, I used to joke with my younger sister, she's four years younger. I used to be like, I'm the oldest person on Vine. Um, and that was a long time ago. But anyways, um, these two guys that I still kind of follow from Vine uh, started a sports podcast. I don't even like sports. I don't watch sports. And they've got me listening to this podcast just because I, I don't know if this is like the most millennial thing I've ever done. Like, I'm just like, yeah, I liked them on Vine a decade ago. So now I'm going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, you know. I have been reading your work for years and um, I thought, you know, you'd be such a good person for me to talk to right now because I'm once again starting over in my like strength training journey. I feel like I, maybe we'll talk about this more, but I feel like I start and stop, start and stop so much um, and I wish I could just keep going <laughs> rather than doing that. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm very interested in strength training. It's been a big part of my life for probably the past five years, um, in different ways. And, uh, I just think that you, you know, you have such an approachable way to talk about this. That's aimed at women who feel like the gym is not for them or has, you know, nobody has taught them the skills you need to be, you know, proper form gym etiquette. You like make it so approachable. Um, so I'm really, really excited to talk to you more. And I thought maybe we could just start with, um, you sharing a little bit about yourself and like how your strength training, training journey began yeah um well I was a runner for a really long time um I played sports in high school and then I got into running in college because it was like I had there's this sort of like edict of like you got to be burning calories and like cardio is good for you and all of these things and I had gained like the freshman 15 and I was like okay running is like you know, all you do is put on your shoes and you go outside and you like, you know, try really hard for as long as you can do as much as you can. And, uh, that's it. And, but it got to a problematic level where I just, I, I felt like I never really got to the point where I could like lose enough weight to feel both satisfied and like, like it was just never really over. Like I was just always trying to burn more calories and eat less. And I was never quite getting to the weight that I wanted to be that I was supposed to be quote unquote. Um, and it felt like the more I had to keep doing more in order to just stay in the same place. And I was like, this can't be how this is supposed to be like forever. Like I can't, I just like, I can't do this. <laughs> like, there, there's something like mechanically wrong seeming about it. Like it's not connecting. I'm just, I didn't, I didn't even realize like sort of how bad I felt physically from doing this. Cause I had no baseline to compare it to. Um, but I really did feel like I, I was like mentally fed up, but I was like physically not healthy from doing all of this. And I knew I needed a change, but I didn't know what else to do because it was like those, I was doing everything that I was supposed to be doing, everything that everyone said to do in order to like take care of yourself. Um, so one day I came across this like Reddit post of a woman who had 
tried out strength training for six months and has like sort of posted about her progress. She posted her before and after photos. She posted her like how her lifting numbers had changed and what she'd been doing in the gym. And basically everything that she said was the opposite of what I thought was true of what lifting is like and what lifting does. Like um, I had been taught that it would, you know, make you huge and muscular, which was like not what not what you were supposed to do or want. Um, it always seemed like very complex and like very difficult. Like it was like hard mode exercise. It was for like hardcore people who were already strong, who like wanted to be Olympic athletes or like football players. It was not for somebody who just like wanted to get a little bit of exercise in order to like lose weight. That was always my like edict in my life. Like that was what you're always supposed to be doing is like losing weight. Um, but she had done it. She had not gotten bulkier of anything. She had like gotten a little smaller. She had um, her, all of her, like her lifting program was like, just, she was doing like a few moves at a time, a few days a week. She was eating like twice as much food as I was. And it's like everything online can be fake, but I was like, it seemed it seemed very real and also like unbelievable to me um, that all of these pieces could fit together in this way. But I was stunned, so I started like reading more about it, and I like you know got the did my further research on Reddit and got the book that that was like the number one most re recommended. Um, it's called Starting Strength, like the, the most recommended like beginner guide to strength training. And I read it and I was like, I think this could work. <laughs> so I started doing that program and eating more and I just sort of went for it. And I was like, if this is like, if this doesn't sort of work as a way of existing in the world and like trying to take care of myself, then like, I don't think anything will. This feels like the final frontier of, of exercise to me. Like, I don't know what else I could do to like sort of manage myself. Um, but then I, you know, I got into it hoping that it would sort of solve this eternal journey of weight loss that I was always on. And I wouldn't have to like think so much about it anymore. Um, but then I ended up loving it as at, just as an activity and the way it made me feel to both do this stuff in the gym as well as eat more food in order to support it in order to like, um, you know, your, your rest time is as essential as the time you spend in the gym. Like if you don't rest, your muscles don't recover and you won't, you won't get stronger. <laughs> and that was like mind blowing to me. There were just so many things where I was like, everything I knew was backwards, but like, why is nobody talking about this? And I was, so I just like, was yelling about it to anyone who would listen for like two years until I got to the point that someone was like, you should just do a advice column about it or like channel your energy, find people who want to listen to this, I guess. Um, but that was it. That's like the a longish version, but um, that's the whole start of it, mm -hmm. I think. So you just really found what worked for you, which I think is like 90% of people's battles where, you know, finding that form of, you know, fitness or self-care or whatever you'd like to call it that works for you, that you truly want to keep building on and coming back to like that alone, I think is really hard to find because I think, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I guess I should just speak for myself that there are certain things I like, but I do feel like I can, I can still feel like fitness is like punishment. Like, um, I absolutely hate running and I've never, I'm very slow, but I have been, I, I'm also trying to like, um, treat myself better as far. Like, I feel like I should say I am a runner because I have been running for years, a decade, 15 years. Um, it's short distances. Like I probably usually tap out, top out at three miles, but like I have been doing that regularly for 15 years. Um, so, you know, technically I am a runner, uh, I think. So I'm trying to be better at like claiming that for myself, but anyways, um, it, I think that I do it because uh, it is so easy and, and accessible and I like to be outside, but I also really hate it for the most part. <laughs> so, you know, it's like such a battle to just find that form of fitness that like nourishes you rather than something you feel like you have to put yourself through. Hmm. I mean, I feel like I have two thoughts about that. One is that I think a lot of people don't give a lot of forms of working out a fair chance like you could not before i had sort of seen this it mattered that it was a woman but like a lot of the other details mattered too if you could not have like paid me to to try and do strength training before i had someone sort of presented in this way that made sense to me um but i think a lot of people don't have that and they're like oh strength training's like not not for me could never be for me like i'm not that intense I'm not strong to begin with. Um, and this is not to say that like everyone needs to do it and everyone should do what they feel comfortable doing or what they get the most out of or whatever matters to them. But um, I think we have a kind of like impoverished relationship with like what is possible in terms of our relationship with working out and our and our bodies and like how they work. Um, and the sort of virtuous cycle that there can be between working out and, you know, food and um, resting. And these things can sort of fit together in a way that makes a lot more sense when we're always usually the relationship that people have with these things is like entirely destructive. They're trying to like eat, never, never eat too much. They're trying to work out as much as possible. And they're, you know, scrutinizing their bodies as much as they can and it's all about like how they look and aesthetics and these kinds of things versus like what can they do they feel good being in their bodies do they feel like they can like use their bodies or do they like get a back spasm from bending down and trying to like pick a piece of paper up off the floor and then the other thing that i think is that matters is um maybe a little bit more nuanced but i think we've had a sort of push toward like finding joy and movement and like what makes you happy in these kinds of things. And I think that that does matter. And I think it's possible for more people than they realize to like have a good um, sort of joy based or like joy related relationship with working out. But at the same time, it's like, it does, it does sort of hurt and it's uncomfortable to like exert effort. So it's not like, setting the bar at like always feeling comfortable or like always being happy is a bit like misleading maybe it's like I think feeling comfortable with like generating a certain amount of discomfort um is is probably like good on the whole it just does like I don't I don't think um I don't think people are served by making it all about you know good 
only ever good feelings, like never pain, never anything else, because um, it sort of impoverishes the possibilities of like what exercise can do for you if you if you are trying to avoid you know pain or discomfort at any cost Mm -hmm. yeah that absolutely makes sense and I think you know uh your ethos that you're writing about um I guess building off of what you just said you know you you talk about and lift off your book that the book is meant to help you build strength for your day-to-day life and to really have mobility and strength, um, in the things you're doing, you're bending to pick up cat litter. You're, you know, you're doing, <laughs> that's the example you use, but I do that all the time. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. you, uh, yeah, just the, just the things you're doing in your day-to-day life that, um, we're, we're not training ourselves to be functionally able to do so. And I think also something I, that, that same sort of goal, Matt, something else I read recently in one of your columns, um, you had basically written about how having that goal is like being functional and strong in my life is more effective than the goal of, I need to lose 10 pounds or something that's, I guess, I don't know how exactly you'd word it more short-sighted, short-sighted than far-sighted. Um, but yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit more about like what your thoughts about all of that. Yeah. Well, there's like a lot of, um, you know, psychological research. That's like the general principle at work. There is intrinsic motivation is more effective and works better long-term than extrinsic motivation. It's like, if you're trying to get a job to earn money, to get a car, to like get girls, that's gonna, you're not gonna be as happy doing your job as you are if you like sort of find the work basically interesting or basically fulfilling, or you you sort of like have a relationship to how whatever it is you do feels like fits into a hole. Um, and you feel like you're doing something maybe not like important, but like it sort of matters. It fits into a hole is probably the best way of putting it. Um, and I think anyone can sort of like grasp the difference between those two things, but it's, and it's very similar with working out. It's like, if you're working out because like everyone says you need to like lose 10 pounds, like there's this ubiquitous thing about like, basically everyone would be healthier if they lost 10% of their body weight. And it's like, I'm not necessarily here to litigate whether that's like true in a health sense, but like when we orient our relationship with our bodies and working out in food around that, it makes it all miserable. (laughs) And I don't think that's controversial to say, like, I don't think anyone who is either like trying to lose that weight or trying to keep it off is like having a good time, whether they will admit that is often a different story. Um, but I think the fact that, um, it's, it's sort of tangibly miserable and the fact that it doesn't sort of work as like a system. Like if you tell people they need to lose 10% of their body weight, how many of them actually do it? It's like, just knowing that that were true, if it were true worked, everyone would have sort of done it like it would have happened and like as a society we would be like great we're all here and we all weigh 10 percent less but it's like it doesn't it doesn't we don't even need to really interrogate the why of the fact that it doesn't work it's like it's clearly not working for anybody um so i just think there's that and there's also the fact that now having done all this research and reading and like learning about 
these subjects and like how bodies work, how body composition works and like, you know, your lean muscle mass and your body fat and all of these things. Um, the fact of the matter is that even if you wanted to lose weight, it, it made sense for, for you where you're at. It's a very slow process. It should be a slow process. We often approach it like, oh, the New York Times says, if I eat an extra 100 calories a day, that's why I gain, you know, 10 pounds over two years or whatever the case is. So if I just do that math in reverse and I eat 800 calories less a day, then I will lose X number of pounds by whenever. And it's like, it's not really that simple. You just like can't trick your body by that much. Like it sort of needs to be a slow, deliberate, almost like just like minor enough to be deceptive to your body process that you like doesn't notice that it's happening. So it's just like, it is slow, slow enough that it's not worth focusing on as a primary goal or motivator when you're trying to take care of yourself. It's like, you may lose weight eventually, but it's like, if you're sort of fixated on the scale and fixated on losing 10 pounds, that's not going to reward all the effort you're putting in for quite a while. And it's probably even going to be a bit of a bumpy road. It's like your weight might go up and down, especially if you're a woman and you're like having your period and you're bloating or like you ate a salty, you know, <laughs> a burger or something one day. And it's like that gets discouraging to you because you're like, oh, I gained three pounds. It's like you didn't really gain three pounds, but, you know, it looks that way because like we're taught to have this very not nuanced relationship with body body weight. But anyway, um, I think what is sort of underrated about exercise and especially lifting is that it has the potential to make your body feel different to be in feel and feel better to be in like pretty quickly, almost like within a matter of days. I don't want to like over promise anything, but that is sort of a much better aspect of this whole thing to focus on. Like, how do you feel? Does, are you sort of by like sort of working with your body and working with food? Do you feel better in your daily life? You, you know, lifting is oriented around these very basic movements that your body is designed to do. It's like various forms of bending down and like picking stuff up or, you know, putting something on a shelf or pushing it away from your body. Um, and we do these kinds of motions all day long. So when you sort of give yourself a venue to practice them and get better at them, you notice pretty quickly like, oh, bending down is not so annoying anymore. Like leaning over a sink or trying to pull open this door. Like one of my favorites is like putting a suitcase in an overhead bend. It's like a classically like really hard thing to do. Suitcases are heavy and it's like really far from your body. But it's one of the things that you practice in lifting and it's like pretty straightforward to learn the right way to do it and to practice it. And that can pay off really fast. The weight, losing weight doesn't need to come into it. It's like you're, that you're taking care of your health. You're making your daily life better. So many, you can have so many good effects on yourself that have nothing to do with losing weight if we just sort of like gave them a chance. Um, but it's all maybe like more complex or like not as related to guilt or something that like, 
you know, it's very easy to make people feel bad about being fat, obviously, or like, or, or not even actually literally being fat, but like making everybody feel fat and being like, you need to lose 10 pounds is like, that really works on everybody. Um, this sort of, the idea of like building a functional relationship with your body is much squishier maybe, but um, I don't know. I think it's, if I could, if I could like sort of make I want I'm trying to like help people understand this like sort of other way of having a relationship with yourself if that makes sense yeah um absolutely and I I think that's what I definitely want to hear more about from you is because in your intro to this book and in your column you talk about how you did change the way you relate to your body and your body image and how you think about fueling your body and letting it rest. Um, and that weight loss was not at the center of your life anymore. So I'd really love to hear more about that transition for you and, you know, how you kind of chipped away at that and how strength training helped you get there. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely, there was definitely an element of like having to trust the process because I had these resources telling me like, okay, you're going to work out half, less than half as much as you were before, just in terms of time investment. You are going to eat twice as much. Nothing's going to change about your body, theoretically. And you just have to sort of like believe that that's true, even though that goes against like everything that you've ever been told, which is that like if you eat 100 extra calories every day, you're going to gain weight. If you don't do like if you don't burn, you know, you need to burn all the calories that you eat. And it's like in an hour of running, you you can barely burn, quote unquote, burn off like one meal, um, which is not really how things work. But I did have to sort of be like, OK, I'm going to like give this some time to work like um i forget how long i really gave it at first but like i think it was as much i was like i'm gonna, i'm willing to try this for like three months and if it really doesn't work i'll find out i'm just like going to find out i have to find out because i can't continue to live the way that i was living um and then once i sort of started trying these workouts and trying the eating it all just made sense. It all felt different than I had ever felt like exercise or being in my body feel before. Specifically, the the lifting was like, I was like, this is easy in a way that I never would have thought that it would be because I was like going in and picking up weights that felt very heavy for me. Like I had only ever touched maybe like a five, you know, five or 10 pound dumbbells before in my life. And the sort of way that these programs are structured is like you start wherever you need to start, but you add a little bit of weight every time you go into the gym. So you're, you know, squatting 20 pounds today, you squat 25 pounds the next time you squat, then you do 30, then 35, then 40. Um, so I tried that and you only do these movements for like a few reps at a time. So I went and I did, you know, you go and pick up your one 10 pound dumbbell in each hand, do five squats. You rest for a minute. You, you don't have to rest for a minute, but you rest for a little bit between sets till you're ready to go again. You do another five reps, you rest, you do another five reps, you're done with squats. You, you go to do your bench, you do like the same thing. 
Um, so I only did like 45 total reps in one workout. I was used to, you know, all the workouts in the backs of magazines were like three sets of 20 reps of like Russian twist, step back, curl, lunge, which are extremely <laughs> difficult to learn. And then you're doing them, you're doing like hundreds of movements in one of these workouts. And I was like, oh, strength training is like not for me. But then I did this like actual strength training. And I was like, this is incredibly simple. I love sitting around between between the sets. Nothing is better than that. And then I went home and that was, it was like, it took like half an hour. But then you just feel this like hunger afterward where it's like, I've never been hungry like this in this like urgent way where you're not, it's not sort of starving, but it's like your body is like, I need to eat right now. Your body is going like, oh my God, I got to like, I did some like muscle damage basically is what it's thinking. And I need to like rebuild now. Um, and those two, like all of the feelings involved in that sort of like, you know, one day cycle of lifting. Um, and I was just like, this is a whole sort of genre of existence that I didn't even know was possible but I'm having this entirely different experience of using my body and like doing things with my body that is, doesn't feel punishing and it doesn't feel like torture. Um, it all feels like weirdly constructive. So I don't know. Does that get at what you were um, asking about? Yeah. So that, that gets exactly what I was talking about. Um, just about, you know, the fundamental change of, oh, food, food is fuel. It's not something to be depriving myself of all the time. Um, or, oh, wow, I can really feel that difference in my body of that workout. Um, and yeah, I, how, how about, uh, since you talk so much about, you know, getting more comfortable in the gym, um, for anyone who isn't familiar with the gym, but especially for women who might not feel as like welcome and comfortable there, you know, what are, what are some of the ways that you helped yourself get comfortable in those spaces? That's a really good question. I was very, like, I am not a, there's people out there who are like, just like life of the party everywhere they go. And that's like not me at all. I am very uh, <laughs> apprehensive. I was like socially awkward. I feel like apprehensive of other people. Um, so this was definitely an in intimidating thing for me to go in. I mean, it's like, it's worth acknowledging that you're going into like an unfamiliar space to do something you've like never done before um, around people you don't know. and. I think I actually did a series of um, newsletters about this a few months ago. It was sort of like how to um, sort of get started going to a new gym. I forget what the actual title is, but I can send you links. It's like sort of how to get started with going to a new gym in three parts. Um, and I think the main, the main sort of ethos there is that it's worth trying to break that down into like a few different stages. Um, and you can also kind of think of it as like, it's like when you're starting a new job or going to a new school, it's like, it's going to be awkward, like being in a new place with new people anytime, doesn't matter what you're doing there. Or like even how good at it you are. Like I still started 
new gyms and I'm like, I don't know where anything is. And like, I don't know if I'm standing in the wrong spot or like this belongs to somebody or like they've claimed it and I'm not like reading the signs correctly. It's like, you're going to make mistakes. You just have to sort of like make your peace with that in a way that I think is like actually sort of healthy for you as a human being overall. It's like sort of accepting your self as you fumble your way through doing something new is like an invaluable skill to have. Um, but I think it helps to um, kind of practice what you're doing at home. That's like a big part of liftoff as a program is like the first it's three phases. And the first phase is um, you can basically do it at home with like uh, using like a broomstick or a, I use like a Swiffer handle as like a sort of fake barbell to practice your lifts with. And that's something I literally did when I started lifting was like practicing, just practicing the movements in my house, I think is like a, a crucial step to sort of building confidence and feeling like a little bit like, you know what you're doing. Um, and then I think you can really like break down the process of going to a gym, sort of separate the starting to work out from going to a new place and just give yourself a couple of sessions, so to speak, of going to the gym, but with no stakes. Like don't go in expecting to like perfectly achieve and complete your workout. It's like give yourself at least a day to go and just kind of absorb the vibes and like watch what people are doing. Like find find a machine if you can where you have like a good vantage point on the rest of the gym and just like watch what's going on and see you know, how, where do people stand? How do they use things? Like how many people are around? How crowded does it seem? Um, and give yourself a little bit of time to do some recon. And then the next step could be like, you go in, you sort of, it's almost like a dry run. I think that's my suggestion. You do like a dry run of like getting set up to do whatever movements you would normally be doing in the gym, but like don't make the stakes for success, like actually finishing all of your reps. It's like, go up to the squat rack, try and get, you know, set up the pegs so that they're at the right height or like get the dumbbells you need and find a spot to stand. And then once you do that, like maybe do, maybe do a few reps if you feel like it, but otherwise just like put the stuff away. It's like, okay, you, now, you know where you can sort of do that. And then um, let yourself move to the next thing. And then once you've done a couple, though, like these sort of couple of getting your feet wet sessions, then go to the gym and be like, okay, now I'm going to actually do a workout and complete all of my reps and sets. Um, and I think that's a nice way of giving yourself, it's sort of like building your, it's building your confidence, but also just like giving yourself time to see what it's like in the gym without combining it also with trying to achieve something in the gym. I think that's very, I mean, that kind of thing is very helpful to me. I actually, I don't think I've heard from anybody whether it's helpful. Uh, no, I've heard some, from some people who are like, this is like a useful way of thinking about it. So if you try this, um, please write to me. I love to hear about how these kinds of things go. Um, but on a more spiritual level, I think, People who are strong were sort of like socialized to fear, you know, big, strong looking guys who are really sweaty. That's like maybe the average person in a gym. Um, but I think it's important to keep in mind 
everyone's pretty focused on their business. It might seem not seem like it, but like when you're lifting, you're pretty like mentally at a like almost the sort of EKG of your brain is like almost no activity. You're not really like thinking about other people. Even if you're like looking at other people, you're not really thinking about them. Um, and then also some of these people are really nice. I've described them as sort of like the forest guardians of of the like forest of gym machines. And that's like a better way to think about and like what what your kind of more average experience of these people is going to be more so than somebody who's going to like come up and like either bully you or <laughs> like try and take your equipment away. It's like there's been a weird rash of like viral TikToks of that kind of thing happening, but they're like almost all very obviously fake and it's like don't listen to that stuff it's like not real yeah uh I love the way that you give advice about these things um you know I think that you know two of the biggest points you continue to make and everything you write is like it's it's totally fine to be uncomfortable for a while and get used to, and that's like just a good human skill to always remember that when you're uncomfortable you're learning something new and that's good Um, and yeah, and also to just keep showing up, um, that seems to be a really important part of the process. You know, you make it very clear, this is going to be a slow roll, but if you show up three days a week and if you rest it, you will, you will feel it, you will see it. Um, and I, I really like that part of it. And I also love just how humorous you are about, I I love the, um, the, the, like the visual of the, the gym machine guardians, um, like, like something from Lord of the Rings or something. I mean, it's similar in that like, you're kind of, they're just like walking, where are they going? And, and like, I think it's two towers. They're just like going to the battle. They're like barely aware of the hobbits. They're just like, walking and it's like it's a lot like that it is more like that than like everybody's watching you for sure yeah yeah I think so um I mean so I to talk a little bit about my own experience um you know I I so I have been weight training since I was 13. Um, I got into a pretty gnarly snowmobile accident where my leg got sucked all the way in the track. Um, oh my God. Oh, yeah. scary. It was so scary, but like long story short, I did not break any bones. I was okay. I have a dent in my thigh to this day, which is pretty cool actually. Um, but my knee, my left knee, uh, continued to pop out of the socket, um, ever since then, uh, for years. Um, but what they suggested that I start weightlifting to build the muscles around the knee back again. Um, so I did that. And then I think like, I didn't really start weightlifting again till probably like post-college. Um, I had this really, like one of my most unique New York stories, I think is, um, I befriended David Barton, um, who's the famous gym, gym owner in New York city. Yeah, um, he's, wow. yeah. Um, he's owned many gyms over the years. He had this gym called temple that was near my work in, in, uh, times square. And basically like he sponsored basically like a year of personal training for me. Um, yeah. And at that point, like I, so I, you know, I was probably 26 when that happened, um, drinking a lot, not, not eating well, like not taking care of myself. Um, and like, suddenly I had basically this team that was like telling me what to eat, how to work out. Uh, it was an incredible gift that actually like shifted the course of my life, I would say, because it really did teach me some extremely valuable things, especially how to be 
a lot more comfortable in the gym and to understand what I, what I'm doing in there. Um, but like, yeah, I, I lost, you know, like 20 pounds. I built a lot of muscle. Um, I think it was negative in some ways because I was like hyper-focused on my diet. Um, and I got to a point of thinness that is like just not sustainable for me in my regular life. Um, or rather like I suppose it could be, but I, I just don't, ha- I, I want to, I want to eat bread <laughs> and I want to, and I, I not I know I'm not all bread is bad. I don't mean to say that, but like I I enjoy eating and I don't want to have to be thinking about calorie deficit all the time um, or you know restricting myself all the time. Um, so yeah, that was a few years, and then since then, uh, you know, I tried out I tried out CrossFit for a few months. Um, I always say that's like one level too hard for me. I did berries for a while. Maybe even that is one level too hard. Um, I'm still trying to find that like perfect fit of fitness, like I do really, really enjoy strength training on my own. Um, I know what to do, but it's so helpful to have a program to follow, which is why I like really enjoyed the workout of the day, uh, for CrossFit and things like that, because they just tell you what to do. Um, so, you know, that brings me to here. Um, I've been weightlifting on and off for the past couple of years, but I, your book was like so helpful in just taking me back to a total beginner space where it was like, okay, um, here's how, here's the form, here's what to do. Here's exactly how you're going to get there. So I'm like basically in the part where, you know, the beginning free weights, uh, section of your, which is like phase two, I believe. Um, and yeah, it's going really well. And it's so, but I, I was going to say that just last night, I, uh, I meant, I am a YMCA member here. And I went to the gym and I hadn't been there for a while. And I was, I, this gym was like, I usually just do free weights. And I was looking at a couple, I, first of, I went over to a bench and first thing, like I did my whole, uh, it was the evening. So it was like a little busier, you know, not that many women there. I did my, all my, my, all my sets, but I didn't really need the bench. And when I left the bench, I noticed that some guy had been like patiently waiting for it. And I felt really stupid and bad. And then I was looking for, I uh, was trying to do my lap pull downs. So I was looking for like a bar area to do it. And I just kind of squeezed into this like very awkward area and felt very awkward and dumb. And anyways, I'm just saying that because even though I have been in and out of gyms for like 10 years, if not longer, um, I still, you still feel like yeah, just that pressure to not look dumb, I guess, like to mm-hmm. not get in people's way. These oh, big, yeah. these big people that like clearly have come here a lot and know what they're doing. Um, like I almost went over to that guy and was like, sorry, I didn't see you waiting there. And I was like, no, like I'm well, that's my space too. You yeah. know? Yeah. It's your space too. And also like, I think we have a lot of the, these ty- these are the types of debates that rage online, but it's like, as much as you could apologize, he could come up to you and say like, how many sets do you have left? You know, or like if somebody's in your way or you like you got in their way, they could like say like, oh, do you want to like work in standing in this area or whatever working in being like the terminology for we sort of like share equipment or space or whatever it may be. Um, Like I think you can like we as women and marginalized people are taught to sort of like apologize and like feel bad for even taking up space. But it's like everyone else is capable of asserting their needs if they have them. Like this is a very classic thing to do. People have done it to me tons. Like I've been in and out of gyms. I forget myself 
literally and I'll be like sitting on a piece of equipment playing on my phone someone will be like are you are you using this or like how many sets do you have left and like that's a way of being like hey are you like awake in there but yeah it's just like you know not being uncomfortable and being cool with that um no one's looking at you like just get on with it Mm -hmm. um and yeah I'm looking forward to you know finishing the rest of the program and especially because I think like for me the reason I love strength training so much is because it affects my mental health so much like within 72 hours, if I'm having a really bad time, I can really feel it. Um, so I don't know if you feel the same way, Casey, but that's like such a plus for me about it. Yeah, I really think I I think especially lately or especially when I don't I'm not I don't have like a particular program that I'm following all have days where like I'm like, man, I would rather do literally anything than than go to the gym. And sometimes I like do do anything except go to the gym. But then a lot of times those are the days where I go and I'm like, I'm, you know, it feels like, uh, what's the word? Not ironic. Like, I don't know, silly to say, but it's like, those are the days when I'm gladdest that I went and like, I will be like, oh my God, I've completely, I had forgotten like how good this makes me feel every time. And it's not even just like, It's not even the mechanics of it, although I think it does too feel good to just like expend some energy and like you're, you're exerting effort and that like has a positive effect on you. But it's also just the, the fact of like, you are checking a box, you're like doing something with your day and that is very gratifying on a meta level. So sometimes it's even about just like letting yourself do what you feel like or less than you like think you absolutely possibly could and being like, I'm just going to set the stakes at like going to the building and doing some stuff. It doesn't matter if it's like my best possible effort. Um, And then you get there and you're like, oh, I'm like totally fine to like do a normal workout. And um, it's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've learned to tell myself you're here and like that's 90% of the work and now we're going to we're going to do what we can we're going to do what we feel like sometimes and that's great too <laughs> yes yeah totally <laughs> yeah well i'm really looking forward to doing you know the rest of the program and you know it's such a that you know your book has just made it like even more approachable for me to get back into it give me something set to do i just have to show up 3 days a week and that's it so um you know thank you for all of your wisdom and for putting together like you said in the book like this was what you wish you had when you were starting out so oh yeah totally well i'm so glad you're giving it a try i really appreciate you approaching it as like a book itself like it's not just a book it's like also the the program and a spreadsheet and an instruction it's kind of like a multimedia package but i think it is also like i don't want to underrate the value of like the book itself either because like that's really what kind of what i want to like kind of get people's head on straight about what we're doing here because otherwise it's just like a bunch of movements that you're doing like any like you can follow a youtube tutorial of um somebody's workout and it's like not that different from that but I think the book really does make it different. So I appreciate yeah. you like sort of treating it also as as like a thing to read. And I do mm-hmm. think truly you could read it and just sort of like if you're like, why are people so into lifting? Like what happens to their brains mm-hmm. <laughs> when they get into lifting? Mm-hmm. If you're just sort of like intellectually curious about it, I think it's it kind of helps people understand that too. So I would say check it out even if you're not 
if you, even if you don't think you'll ever lift weights, if you're just like sort of curious about the, the theory of it, I think it could be fun. Yeah. And the theory of treating your mind body connection better in general, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I absolutely recommend you guys check it out. And also, um, I don't, I don't know if I said this before, but Casey has these really handy dandy YouTube videos that show you how exactly how to do all the moves. So, uh, I'm referring to those all the time when I'm in the gym and that's like super helpful as well to be able to see somebody do that. So, Oh, good. I'm yeah. glad. Yeah. 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 It's great. Um, and I hope to be stronger in a couple of months. I'll check back in with you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, good. But uh, to close out our conversation, um, I want to ask a couple of questions I always ask my guests. Um, What was a piece of art that helped you through a difficult time? It could be a movie or a book or anything else. Oh, boy. Hmm. I was really, at a certain point in my life, I was really into the TV show Veronica Mars. And I still am. I think it's it's just like an amazing show. Um, But I really went through a period where I watched it a lot and I think I've seen it a few times all the way through and it's like three seasons and 60 some episodes like a lot of tv by today's standards um but I just think it's such a great show and I think Veronica Mars as a character is really somebody who I feel like I learned like it feels silly to say about a tv character but I like learned a lot from her as somebody who like is good at identifying what she wants in life and sort of like charting a path to getting it, even if it's like a little bit unorthodox, even if like it, you know, it might make people think she's weird or whatever. She just kind of like goes there a lot in service. And she's like, I've always been into the sort of like private investigator type of like girl character. Like, like this is like an extension of Harriet the spy basically, Mm -hmm. which is so up my alley. Um, but I just like that's one of it's one all an all timer for me, and I haven't watched it in a while. Maybe I will now. Not not in the pandemic, strangely. So mm-hmm. maybe it's time to to dig it back out. I've never seen that one. That's uh, one of my best friend Louis's favorite shows, and he talks about it a lot. Um, and I don't want to watch anything new. I just want to watch old stuff. So maybe I'll give that a try. <laughs> <laughs> and what's a joy bomb in your life? Something that you consistently do that brings you a lot of joy? Um, you know, I feel like I've talked about YouTube a lot today, but I'm going to bring it back one more time because I was just doing this today, which is <laughs> there's some YouTube channels that I watch Um that are just this guy really this guy's like hands and he restores old gadgets he'll find like a you know ancient uh game boy or like nintendo 64 and just take it all apart and clean all the little parts and then put them back together and then it works again he like plays a little bit of a game it's very soothing and they're like 20 minute videos nothing really too nothing you know unexpected or challenging happens you're just sort of like watching somebody do a task and it's it's very satisfying again like the interior design channels probably makes me feel like i'm also accomplishing (laughs) something without me having to do anything yeah i love to watch people do things that i will never ever know how to do Mm -hmm. which is most things. I mean, for, you know, it's like, I only know how to do a couple of things as most people do. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. YouTube's great for that. Really vicarious experience of like all of this stuff. I don't need to learn how to do it. I don't have to go out and find anybody who knows how to do it. I can just like search the right terms and there they are. They're doing their thing. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you so much, Casey. This is such a great conversation. Um, I just love your voice and, you know, your really incredible advice and it's been really helpful for me personally. Um, and can you tell people where they can find your work? Yeah. Um, so I, my primary sort of venue is my newsletter, She's a Beast, which is at she'sabeast.co. Um, and that is, there's a free, a free version of it that is weekly on Fridays and then a paid version that is bi-weekly on Sundays. Um, if you're a fan of my old Ask a Swole Woman column, which is like pretty amply available online, I wrote it for five years before I started this version of it, but now it sort of lives within the newsletter as a paid, less frequent installment. Um, and then my, you can get, you can check out Liftoff Couch to Barbell at couchtobarbell.com. Um, it is for sale on there. And you can check out on that site. There's a couple of YouTube videos that are like tours and answering questions about the program. There is a follow along video for the first phase of the program where it's like no weights required. You can do it right in your house. Um, so that's like a nice way of checking out like what the sort of deal is with it. Although, you know, I, I'm biased, but I recommend reading the book too. I think it's a nice read. And then, uh, I'm on Twitter at Casey Johnston and I'm on Instagram. My Instagram is more lifting themed at swole woman, S W O L E woman. Love it. Uh, thank you so much, everybody. Definitely go check out all of Casey's wonderful uh, channels, um, especially the newsletter. I just like, I love reading it. It's so great. Um, thank you. And thank you everyone for listening to Cruel Summer Book Club. If you like this podcast, please take the time to subscribe and follow and give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me reach more listeners. So I would really appreciate it. And you can find more of my work at my newsletter, cruelsummerbookclub.substack.com and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jilla Thrilla. See you next week and take care of your heart. <laughs>